everyone. Welcome back to the Talk of Fame podcast. I'm Kaima Tigni. Today we have Julie Canna, who is a founder and owner of Canna Connections, and which is a public relations, strategic communications, and media marketing agency specializing in the medical, health, and wellness industries, and Canna House Studios, a full production YouTube podcast and content creation studio located in Lillington, Florida. Make sure everyone to subscribe and like this episode and welcome to the podcast, Julie. We're so excited to have you on and learn more about you and your work. Thank you. I know that's a mouthful, Kylie. <laughs> you <laughs> crushed it. Good job. I know. Thank and I have you. to introduce myself. I'm like, wow, it's, there's a lot to say here. <laughs> no worries. I, I get these. Yeah, I even do t- big intros like this all the time. So it's like, it could be much worse than this, you know? <laughs> Good. Perfect. But like, Perfect. how do you like you change odds as a single mother for kids? I know your kids do like their own businesses, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, basically we just keep everything really family centered. We do everything. We take a team approach to everything that we do. Um, now I have three children, but one of them is an adult now. So now there's two left at home. Um, but I think that we all kind of understand that we go further together and that it's an all hands on deck approach. And anytime I think anything is approached that way, you'll just, uh, you'll go further together, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially with having young kids, like especially when you start an organization or a business at a young age, like it's just like, you need the kind of like adult perspective to kind of help you run your business. Yeah. So all of my kids have run businesses at very young ages. My oldest one, who's 21 now, she um, she started her business when she was 14. It was a videography production, very, uh, very successful with it. Same with my younger daughter. She started a spice business, um, like she was really into cooking and things like that. But honestly, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, you know, there's a lot that adults can do to support kids if they are interested in owning a or running a business or getting a taste of entrepreneurship at any age. Mm-hmm, for sure. Because like, no matter how old you are, you can be five years old and you can start a business. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. Like, you can be older and adult and start start a business. You know, it doesn't matter how old you mm-hmm. are to actually start a business. Yeah, there's a lot of life lessons that they can they can learn that apply. You know, across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you bring like kind of like your creative ideas and like business and stuff to your kids? So actually, it's the inverse. The kids are the creative ones. My <laughs> my kids are, are pretty creative. Um, my art is in public relations. So I happen to be able to make connections where maybe there wasn't a connection before um, or thinking of really cool, creative out of the box activations for brands and launches. But when it comes to the arts, like the true arts it's definitely my kids are the more creative ones mm, like it's just like if I know like what most kids like it's just like the parents you're like oh my kid sees me but sometimes you're like well it's the other way around you're like the kid yeah. is actually teach your kids it can be very depending on the situation exactly right? exactly and then it just depends on what you do with it right like mm-hmm. it depends on your parenting style so being creative is a very vulnerable experience right it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how long you've been creating or what your art is it's vulnerable because you have an idea in your head or a picture in your head that 
that you believe in. And then you hope that the client or the recipient or even the person you're just showing it to is going to see the value in what you're creating. So I think just making sure you're being really supportive to your kids and, and, you know, even if maybe it's not something you would have created, but always telling them like, good job, acknowledging the work that went into it or their creative vision that that is a part of it that's important because Mm -hmm. it's going to bring them to keep creating more and more you know Mm, you're exactly right because like when they like hear someone say those things like oh you did amazing today or hear those acknowledgements whether it's like oh you did great or like don't worry you'll be fine like you got this like whatever those acknowledges seem like like those things i said like Whatever, how small or big they may be, like it's might boost someone's confidence confidence to do it more and more as time goes on. Hundred percent. You don't want to critique someone's art in a negative way. Like there is definitely a way to give constructive criticism when it's necessary, but it's not always necessary. Mm-hmm. It's not always necessary. Yeah. Because, like, you, if you say that to us, say, teenager or kid that starts a business, like, it would just make them feel like, oh, well, I'm going to quit this based off that one right. thing that person said. Right. And that can absolutely happen. So kids don't have a lot of, um, they, they don't have a, the perspective that adults do. So that would be lacking. But that doesn't mean their ideas are lacking in um, so for example, if a kid's like, I want to start this business and it's just this easy, we're going to create this product and put it in every single store. Okay. Well, maybe every single store is a lofty goal to begin with, but we can do things like set up a lemonade stand, or maybe go to one of our community events and, and be a vendor there, um, and give them kind of a taste of that experience. But it's always just making sure that you're, you're supporting, supporting them and what they, you know, what their ambitions are. Cause if you snuff those out, they will stop trying. It's just like anything else, whatever you give energy to, it's going to propel. 100%. Like how did like you raise your kids kind of like become interpreters as a new, young age? Like was it just kind of their own kind of side of it or kind of like your work uh, kind of turned again to on to them to kind of start like a business type of thing? No, I, I think that they definitely took the lead um, and then I helped to execute it. So anything that they want to do, I will always throw my support behind 100%. Um, and they, I think entrepreneurship really just comes from having an encouraging safe space where you can verbalize, Hey, this is what I want to do. Um, and then using your parents as a resource, like that's where your parents come in. They can be the resource that helps you get to and from places or set up your bank account, you know, start that website for you with you really. But we do have a rule and that rule is that I can't want it more than you do. So that mm-hmm. means that if I ever start to see that you're losing interest or this is becoming my project, then, then it's time to call it quits. Cause that's mm-hmm. not, that's no longer, that's no longer your business. Now it's my business and I already have few businesses. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, if you are doing all the work, then it's just like, what's the point of it if it's actually your business, not my right. business. Right. Exactly. Like, I know, like, a lot of families, like, tend to kind of follow, like, how to support their kids in terms of starting a business or helping with them with their their business. But, like, what type of things do you do when your kids start businesses that can help other parents do the same thing? Yeah. So, take every idea seriously. And um, this applies not just to, like, running a family business or having your kids start a business. You know, even in my 
like my studio, for example, I have a wide variety of people that are on our team from all different ages and walks of life. Everybody offers a valuable perspective that maybe the next person didn't see. So never, you can never underestimate the um, age. You should never underestimate age. You should always be in the company of someone younger and older than you on your council. And I truly believe that. So these kids actually do have a vantage point that we don't have, you know, they see mm -hmm. things that we don't see. So, so in that same breath, that means that they might see ways to make something better or more efficient or something that would help the community or that the people need. So take their ideas seriously. That's always step number one. And then step number two is, you know, you have to help scale it for them, right? So like if a child thinks that they can roll a product out tomorrow and it's going to be in every store, you know, it's your job as the parent to know we're going to, what we're going to do is we're going to do like a lemonade scene. We're going to try it in the community first, like just help scale them and grow with them, but always just kind of being there. Like, like you're teaching them how to ride a bike. You're just there to catch them if they fall. And, and honestly, letting them fall matters too. Like you have to let them fall. You have yeah. to be able to see your children in uncomfortable situations. You know, mm -hmm. I've watched my kids have to sell their own products and like, you know, have conversations with adults at some of these like food and wine festivals. And sure, it gets, it gets uncomfortable sometimes for them. What kid does like speaking to like an adult, but they're in eye shots. So they're always safe. And um, it's good to teach them those kind of, you know, personal and interpersonal skills. Mm -hmm. Because like, with, when you see your child fall, it's like a piece of yourself is like, broken you know yeah. it's just like even though like you do not want to see your kids fail it's just like that's a part of having this business is to see right yourself fall because like not every business starts off on the right foot because yeah. like like when you think everything like everything's not gonna become successful in a day like you can think oh mm -hmm. i'm gonna hit every studio in seven in, in a couple of days and go hit every store that's not gonna happen overnight like sometimes i was thinking like oh this is gonna become so this episode is gonna be so popular or something then it's not you know what i mean right. it's just like things don't always attend the way you want it you know mm -hmm. the thing what I, I say all the time is the only thing that i know for sure is that we know nothing at all yeah that is it. <laughs> yeah. That it's just like sometimes we do not know nothing, no. honestly. Like we just Correct. like sometimes we think we know it all, but sometimes you know, most of the time mm -hmm. we do not know anything. Correct. But like how does like your team at Canna Connections help your clients build brand their businesses? Yeah, that's a good question. So um <clears throat> people come to us, whether it's a small business or a large organization. Um, and depending on which phase of branding they're in, right? So maybe it's a small business that doesn't have a lot of branding yet. Um, so that means we have to help create a brand identity for that for that person. Or let's say it's an established company that's been around a long time and they're going through a rebrand or they're looking to change their tone a little bit. Well, no different than I shouldn't show up tomorrow with spike spiky hair without thinking I'm going to cause a shock, right? Should be mm -hmm. done in transitions or there should be a, a plan in place. We, we kind of help in whatever phase that they're in. Um, we always start by assessing sort of where they're already at in their branding journey, what, what assets they already have, what kind of communication tools that they already have, and then utilizing that to formulate a strategy. 
So if you're a small business that has no branding, and I mean, you could be the, you could be a podcast show host. You can be anything. Let's say you want to be an online personality. Step one is you have to figure out who you want to be, who you want your brand to be, um, and how you want it to be portrayed to the public. And everything matters. So everything from your logo, the color choices that you use, your brand's tone. So like I have three businesses and they all have distinct tones. They would never sound the same. Um, and that's just because they serve different purposes, not for any mm -hmm. other reason than, uh, you know, kind of connections is authoritative. We work with medical health and wellness. Um, so we we're a little bit more of that authority tone. Kana House Studios, we are a non-intimidating, come as you are, wholesome brand. So the tone of that brand is going to be a lot different as well. And then, you know, it's it's when it comes to branding, it's really setting forth those rules so that anybody who's involved in your brand knows how to speak accurately um, for, on behalf, and, you know, through your brand. Mm -hmm. Like, do, like, guys, like, charge, like, for, like, businesses come to you guys and, like, do all these things? Do you guys, like, charge all of that? Mm-hmm. Yep, we do do that. And then in part of their branding is public relations. So so let's say, you know, your brand is you're a podcast show host. And I don't know more about what some of your longer term goals are or what the goals are for the show. But let's say you're like, hey, Julie, I want to be taken really seriously as an entrepreneurial show. So then we're going to be looking at getting you some press that rounds out you know, why people should be listening to you. Why is this show important? Maybe highlighting some of the guests you've had as the past that will, you know, authoritate you in your, in your field. Um, looking at some podcast awards for you so that people can start to say, wow, okay, this is, this is a show that we really want to be listening to, or that should stay on our radar. Um, maybe it's like, Hey, we're going to start to offer people some, you know, some more value. So like, let's say in a newsletter, like here's, media opportunities, opportunities to be on the show. It just depends. It's very individualized, but, um, yep. So people will, um, come to us and we charge a retainer. So they go on retainer and then, um, we, we get to work from there depending on what stage that they're in and where we need to jump in and what we need to do. Ooh, that actually sounds like easy peasy. Like, it's just like, <laughs> oh, you do this and that, then it's like, go, we can just go from rest from right here. It just seems yeah. like the type of process, honestly. Yeah, everything but, has to have a plan. <laughs> everything has to come with a plan, right? Because if you do not everything. have a plan, then it's you like... You cannot just go willy-nilly. Like, it's never going to work. You have to have a plan. We st we study editorial calendars. We're always studying, um, you know, trends. We're always going up against current and world events and news. Like, there's always got to be a plan in place. Always. Mm. In terms of staying on top on trends, like, how does... Can a connection serve on marketing trends in terms of the industry and stuff and trying to um, stay on top of everything? So we cheat. We use tools and softwares that keep us abreast of what's going on on the internet, what people are Googling, what's trending right now, what are hit, hit words right now. Um, so we get a briefing. And then the other thing is we, we also study the news every single day, like the briefings. So we want to know what happened overnight or what's planned for the day and see how we can make that relatable to some of our clients or how that's going to affect our clients. 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, when you watch those TV things, you do not know how much it's going to affect until you actually see the news. Because, like, how are you supposed to keep doing your business if you actually don't do your research, honestly? Correct. And that's where, like I said, having a really comprehensive team matters, right? So, like, maybe my 20-year-old... um colleagues here they're on tiktok they're on social media quite Mm. a bit they know what's trending they add a lot of value to the conversation right maybe some of my um you know some of the moms that are on the team they know what's happening in the moms clubs they know what's happening out in the you know feet to street kind of arena so like offering everyone the opportunity to give their input it's valuable i think that the boss or the leader that thinks that they are the team like they are the party of one like it's just them you'll you'll fail every single time you know you've got to be mm-hmm. taking just a uh a much much more comprehensive approach you know to leadership mm-hmm. and like how does like you and your team kind of secure like tv opportunities or coverage for your clients that's, that's a, a good go question so we do it in a, a multitude of ways, but let's say that, okay, for example, so it was just listed that pickleball like came in at number one. Now it's like the number one sport across all age groups it used to be more for like senior citizens. Now they're considering putting it into high school and like, that's news, right? That means if it's the number one sport, that means there's a lot of people right now that are interested in pickleball as a topic. So we have a sports medicine doctor on our roster. He was the former um, team physician for the New York Jets. He does sports medicine ortho. So now it's going to be a a pick up the phone, call the news, the local news in his area, people we have, you know, relationships with and say, hey, this is a great story. This just broke today that pickleball came to number one. How about you hear from a doctor who can tell you five ways to prevent injuries on the pickleball courts? Because Mm -hmm. the news wants interesting topics that their viewers are going to watch. And so we need to kind of anticipate what those topics are going to be. Um, and then find the source, which would be the doctor. Other ways are sometimes the news themselves will put out a query and say things like, hey, we need to interview XYZ, you know, a business owner or this or that. If we have them on our roster and we think it's a good fit, then we jump in. But the key is that you don't want to abuse those relationships. You got to make sure it's a good fit. Like it, it has to be a good fit. You don't want to look like you're just going rogue and trying to, you know, stick a square into a circle like it's got to be a good fit mm, because like if it's not a good fit then like you're like what am i doing you're gonna lose thing? credibility with your journalist you're gonna make your client you're gonna be a you're not gonna represent your client well there's just a lot of implications that could come from that so it's just yeah. knowing what's going to be good and sometimes it's helping the journalist because like today one of my journalist friends was asking about they needed an oncologist which an oncologist typically treats cancer because they wanted to talk about um, mastectomies and the actual procedure of mastectomy. So I was able to help her and say like, you know, how about a breast surgeon that that specializes in that? So he's not an oncologist, but he is a um, surgical oncologist that, that does that. And then she said, oh yeah, that's perfect. So it's just, you know, always trying to be helpful and again, making sure everything is a good fit. Mm-hmm. Because like, if it's not a good fit and you're like, when you're at that position where you're at that thing, you're like, why did I choose to actually do this? Like, right. this is now what I kind of hoped in my kind of do because like sometimes people think like, oh, it's the total opposite of what it's supposed to be asking for. Right. Right. 
Like, do you think like communicating is like a, basically a huge tool for branding in terms of oh, it's, it is, yeah, for everybody. So I have this giant sign on my studio wall. I'm not at my studio today, but um, and it says communication is currency because I truly believe that everything can be bought, paid for, and transacted in great communications. So what you say matters as much as what you fail to say about mm-hmm. your brand. Because, like, the way, like, you communicate is just, like, what do you not communicate? And people are probably, like, like, I need more information. But how are you supposed to give me information if you're not talking? How much you're coming? You right. need to figure out the way you communicate. Because communication is a big way to kind of help you, like, bring more awareness to what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And one thing, so this is very interesting. Sometimes, especially the larger brands, like let's say we get brought in to work with like a hospital system or a giant nonprofit, um, you know, there's hundreds of employees. It is mind blowing to hear what the CEO will say about the organization versus maybe what, you know, somebody in like a secretarial position will say or the knowledge that they will have. And that's a problem, right? Because right off the bat, you have a hundred people that could be really good stewards of your messaging, accurate messaging, but they don't know it. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, there's a disconnect in the what the internal messaging is that's, that's being put out. And messaging is also how you answer people's questions. So if I ask somebody, hey, what's Kylie's podcast about? And they're like, oh, I think it's about cars. Mm-hmm. That person walks away and they think, well, I have no interest there. I don't like cars, you know? Yeah. And that begins and that conversation began and ended before you ever got the opportunity. And that could have been your best show, your best show guest. So yeah. it's um, you know, it's definitely important to to make sure that everybody is communicating accurately. Yeah, because like if you say like, oh, I'm host a podcast or something, be like, hey, like I'm hoping this host a show. Can you come on? You're like can I get more what's to say more information I'm like well like what's to say like the show is about I don't know sports as an example and you're not a sports person you do not know anything about sports you do not you probably never watch sports in your life you know what I mean so it's like you actually need to give more information actually find person for that role because if that person does not like sports that you're reaching out to then you're like What's a plan to reach you out? Right, exactly, exactly. But like, why should people choose to be part of a connections? They're looking for something to be part of. Yeah, well, Connect Connections is more or less, that's the PR strategic communication side. So that is a mutual decision. So when a client approaches us, we make sure that they're a good fit for us as well as we're a good fit for them because there has to be synergy. Um, there's not synergy. It can get a little funky, you know? So, mm-hmm. but Kana House Studios is way more of a membership based approach. So the studio, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with South Florida, but we're here in South mm-hmm. Florida in Wellington. And that is a hub for all things, content creation, videography, live streaming, event studios. That is way more of a um, membership based atmosphere so anybody that rents our studio they're automatically on all of our event lists so we host all kinds of events just next week we're having 
um, an influencer party. So Ooh. some of our local influencers will be there and we're having a influencer attorney that's going to be able to come talk to them about why they need contracts and how, how to use contracts and just, you know, I'll bring them a lot of valuable tools. And uh, I think it's like $20 or something like that. But we also have a polo tent. So everyone's always welcome there. And um, we just have a lot of events frequently. So a lot of them are at no cost. And at worst case scenario, some of them are like 20 bucks, you know. Mm, that actually sounds so much fun. Like I like I wish I lived in Florida so I can go to these events. <laughs> but like where can people like like sign up or look for more information about these events or upcoming events are not like out yet? Yeah. So you can go to my website at www.kanahousestudios. So that's K-H-A-N-S-N-A-N-C-N-S-N-A-N-C-A, N-S-N-A-N-C-A, housestudios.com. Um, and I would definitely sign up for the newsletter. The other thing is we also post free media opportunities in there. So um, everybody should sign up for the newsletter, especially, you know, it's just a good way to get free press for yourself. Maybe mm, some more press, some more people know your name, right? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. But like as part of Kana Connections, you have created Kana House Studios, which is a YouTube podcast and content content creation studio in Lincoln, Florida. Like, how can people create content in your studio? Because I saw a couple of videos and stuff on social media, and I thought it was amazing. I was like, this is something that I Thank I, I need to go to Florida for. They just show up. They show up and literally just sit down, and the videographers are there. Everybody is there, ready to um do all the filming, all the editing, and they turn you like turn back over your edited episodes. So people typically create, yeah, they do everything. So typically people will have YouTube shows and then they'll extract the audio, which is what we do. And then they'll throw that on RSS, have a podcast and a YouTube show. Um, They'll come in there and they'll do live streaming. So for example, we just had a nonprofit come in there and it was a panel discussion. It was really good information, important information that, you know, tremendously benefited the community. So we were able to live stream that off of their feeds and I think it had like 4,000 views while it was streaming, which is very interesting because you think if you had an event, would 4,000 people show up? So this is a very efficient way to communicate your messages. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in there for photo shoots. They host events. There's a lot of ways to work with us. That's so much fun, especially with being a podcaster or do something with YouTube or content creation. Like, it's just like to have a studio like that to just go in and just like do whatever yeah. you want there. It's just like something we need more in every state in the U.S. or Absolutely. out of country. <laughs> Absolutely. But like, where's like some services you kind of provide at the studio? Like, I know you kind of mentioned that a little before, but like, do you guys just do walk-ins or do like online bookings as well? We typically do online bookings. Um, we do outside shoots as well. So we we have also done videography inside and outside. Um, but yep, we have everything online. So you can just go online and click, click, click and done. Booked. Yeah, but it's like if you book online rather than go in, like it's just like when they need to say no, you already have another book. And it's just like you just basically got the waste of your time right. for nothing, you know? It's right. just like exactly. because I know for me, if that happens to me, I'm like, are you kidding? I that's got ready and drove here for nothing. <laughs> yeah, everybody's busy. We gotta we gotta stay ahead of that. We want to make sure everyone gets their studio time. I know because it's just like you need actually to find the right time to actually 
like do and make content. Definitely. But like, what does like uh, the studio bring to content creators in terms of fi- like filmmaking or products, etc.? Yeah, I think the major point is that it brings convenience, and convenience is key in twenty twenty three. Um, especially content creators, it's the boom of independent media. Um, there's just never been a better time to be a content creator. Uh, so a lot of content creators have found their way of monetizing and they're busy. They're business owners. They are business owners. Just because they're creating content doesn't mean they're not business owners. They are managing their brands. They're managing brand collabs. So to be able to have the convenience of us just wrapping up all their content, literally like with a bow and handing it back to them, it's all done. It's all edited. Your lower thirds are all in there. All your handles, everything is done. We even offer services to post the content. So imagine you come in there, you create it, and then now it's already up and and circulating. Like, that's so nice. And that frees up your time so you can manage your brand. Yeah, because, like, the more, like, you manage your brand and do it in this, like, studio, because I know content creation, like, you do all these things, like, basically trying to brand someone's company or make TikToks to grow your following or YouTube or what type of content you make, whether it's, like, fashion or dancing videos or whatever it is. Like, it's just always that type of branding you need to use, actually, right. promote your thing. Whether it's brands, like, your your organization or business, like, whatever works. But it's, like, if they post you on your account and you post a couple things a day, like, it's just, like you are one step further than you were an hour ago. Right, exactly. But like you are the editor-in-chief of the Wall of PC magazine, a com- communist for Ask the Dogs and around Lewington and contributor to USAY. Like that, like, I'm so like surprised that you're doing all these things. Like how do you like handle <laughs> all these? Like, with I have spending? a great team. <laughs> That's how I have a great, I have an excellent team. They are very, very talented. Um. And we do enjoy creating, we enjoy being the news as much as we enjoy getting people on the news or in press. We, we enjoy journalism as well. Mm -hmm. So we try to always find just like, just like when we're pitching, we're always trying to find what's, what is it that the public wants to hear? What do they want to learn more about? What do they want to know? What are the questions that are not being asked? Like the other night I had the opportunity to interview a Holocaust survivor and his son. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, His name was Mordecai Samuels and they made a movie about him called I Mordecai. So I got to, I got to interview him and his son. The son was the producer, director, um, writer for it all. And I asked him a question. I said, did you learn anything new about your dad that you didn't know before this process? And he stopped and he said, oh, I don't think anyone's asked me that before. That is the money shot. That's what you want to hear. You want to be asking the questions that no one else has asked, you know, yeah, not the same routine questions that everyone else has. I mean, some questions are formality you have to ask, but you really want to get to those questions where no one else has asked. And then I asked Mordecai, I said, if someone told 10 year old Mordecai that he was going to be on a movie screen, what would he have said? And again, was a question that no one had asked him. And his answer was amazing. He said it was a miracle, a dream come true. He would have never imagined being on the big screen. So we enjoy both. We enjoy being the news as much as we do in reporting to the news, for the news, with the news. Mm-hmm, right? It's just like when you're young, you never imagine what you're doing now. Yeah. 
But like, like to go with that question earlier, like, did you ever picture yourself doing your work like you're doing now with the studios and stuff? Like, did you ever imagine doing what you're doing no. right now? Nope. I still have pinch me days. I'm like, can't <laughs> believe this is mine, you know, can't believe. But, you know, again, we we did it together. We do it together. It's a it's it's us thing. You know, we got a great mm-hmm. team. Very, very yeah, blessed. And- it's just like like the team is always important in terms of business. It's like you can't do it on your part. own. Yeah. The team's the most important part. And you have to also know how to cultivate a good team. You know, you don't just mm-hmm. stumble upon them. It's you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it, a lot that goes into the relationships and making sure that you're hearing your team. Um, receiving their feedback, including their feedback. You know, there's a lot. Giving mm. them autonomy, giving them creative um, freedom. Like that's another thing. Sometimes we have to create things and it goes in front of all of us. You know, that's not, that's not easy. We're, none of us think the same. If we did, that yeah. would be so boring. So, so there are definitely times, some things I see that I'm like, oh, I don't know, but... But that doesn't mean what I think to be true is right. That doesn't mean make me yeah. right just because I don't like it, you know? Yeah, basically every person has different opinions. You do not have to like something, right. you know? Correct. Yeah. Know other people might like it, but you, you you might not. Because everyone has different like personalities in terms of what they like. Mm-hmm. And I have to I have to lean on them sometimes. Like, hey, would you guys interpret with this? Or what do you think about this? And and hear them out because you know, my way is not always right? My interpretation is not always correct. That's the thing about art and being creative. It's, it's so multidimensional. Mm-hmm, for sure. And like the last thing I have for you is what is some advice for interpreters or basically content creators that kind of want to get like, PR or build their personal brand? So um, establishing your own identity first, you know, a lot of times people have not taken the time to commit to discovering who they are online and who they want to be. And the person that they are online doesn't always match the person they are in real life. And that's okay. Sometimes people create avatars, especially content creators will do that to protect themselves, preserve themselves, right? They don't always want to be that person that they are on the camera as they are off the camera. That's fine. As long as they have that discussion with themselves and realize that so that they don't create like internal turmoil, you know? Um, And the same goes for a brand. Like, you're probably not ready for PR if you as a brand aren't sure who you are, or what you're trying to accomplish. You know, there's a lot of things that have to take place before you're ready for PR. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you do not know its mission or what you're trying to do, then like, right. why is the point you want to speak to or connect with? Correct. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know, I meet brands all the time that tell me when I ask them, like, who's your target audience? They say, everyone anyone and everyone no that's not exactly true even if they think it's true it's not true that's not true and that is not gonna take you far (laughs) yeah it's not gonna take you far because like you actually want to know who your target audience is like for me it's young kids like whoever is girls or boys like i like i aim for young kids even though there's a lot of adults that watch a podcast i mostly aim for young kids because it's like kids need inspiration you know right. I mean, it's like no matter how old you are you might be 18 watching this podcast you know what right. i mean it's just like no matter how old you are like you know, what business you have you have to have that target audience and what you're trying to aim for absolutely listen you are an excellent host and you should be very proud of yourself 
Um, this was a great, great podcast. Um, I think it's going to do, I know it's already doing well. I've already watched a few of your episodes before today. So uh, it's just, it's good. I'm happy for you. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Like your like businesses are amazing. And next time I'm in Florida and in South Florida, I'll definitely check the yes. studios out. I definitely want to come sell about it. So if I come down, I'll let you know. But um, it's a that. pleasure to have you. You are terrific and doing so amazing things. And if you got, Thank if you. you or your kids need help at anything at all, but propo- oh. promoting or anything like that, or hosting, whatever it is, just let me know. I'll be happy to help. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Kylie. Oh. It was very nice. Of course. Have, you a, great have a great weekend. Okay. You, you too. Bye. Bye.